so if you're, I hope that this uh, study um, is, you know, we're talking about a, a applicability, you know, and we ended up, um, the last time we uh, got together, um, you know, we were, we were uh, kind of on the, ver- or two times ago, we were on the verge of, uh, of an election, and uh, I really challenged everybody in the room. I had no foreknowledge, okay? <laughs> I, I, am not a, I am not a prophet. <laughs> um, but I, but I, 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 I try to get a sense of what the larger context is within the world and what's happening and God's will and what's, what he plans to do and what are um, kind of the perspectives that um, the Bible brings our way. And um, certainly... You know, through his grace, I mean, could have changed things up and done something very differently. But for whatever reason, he uh, has chosen to um, continue the, the the route that that we're on. And so it is what it is. And uh, we are called to honor the king and honor the president and to pray for him and to um, not speak ill of him. And uh, these are the things that uh, heavy, heavy, heavy kind of uh, uh, application in our lives. Am I right? I mean, it is for me. My goodness. Um, and so, um, you know, first first application out of the chute for Peter, right? <laughs> you know, um, how do you handle and conduct yourself in the civic square? And how do you um, navigate that so that you do it all to the glory of God and as a testimony for Christ? Um, huge, huge caveat in how I handle my words and what I say and how I actually think. Um, because out of the heart a man speaks, and so um, you know, how do we think? How do we look at our own hearts? You know, and say what, what's God trying to do about just just that one issue, right? Last time we got together, we transitioned into second application, <clears throat> and this is the second week of that second application, which really is about okay. Well, then, if that's how I need to kind of conduct myself in the civic square uh, for the glory of God, how do I conduct myself at work for the glory of God? And oh, by the way, um, there's some challenges there, obviously. <laughs> I mean, any of us have um, been there and done that and probably done it wrong, okay? Um, me first. So um, I, this, this study here um, is a study that I um, just learned some significant things about my own heart um, when I had to navigate this in a way that um, was on the downside, <laughs> the, 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 the hard side. Um, a, f- a number of years ago. And so I know in talking to a number of you also that this is kind of like close to home. It's maybe some things that maybe you've struggled with for, for quite some time. And uh, can look back on many examples and situations that <coughs> brought about some significant challenges as to how you handled that and, and where your heart was and how that affected you personally just as you walk at home even, you know, or with as, as a parent or as a spouse or even in your in your in your life uh in your intimacy with god right so i mean i i uh i get it and so this is the second week on that we're going to pick up where we left off and uh and see what god's going to do with it in our lives so let's pray father thank you for this time we can spend together father i just you, you have uh so architected your word to bring back um life and fruit um, in our lives when we obey it and don't just become a, uh, a hearer of your word but a doer. And so, Father, I thank you that you have um, 
at this point in time brought us to this passage and with this pe- with these people in this room. Um, and Father, I just ask that you would um, use your spirit to accomplish what he wants to do um, and in our lives. And as a result of our time together, that you would um, be glorified in our midst and that you'd be lifted up um, accordingly and that um, we would um, seek to honor you um, no matter what it means and what it takes in our lives. And we ask that you would um, just... Um, allow your word and your spirit to weigh heavily in our hearts uh, this morning as we go through this study. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, um, we're going to hit on a number of these um, questions all the way through our study. So um, let me just do the first one first, and then we'll pick up on the other ones as we go through our time. And I'm sure I've marked out kind of where I want to touch on most all the questions throughout our study. So uh, if you were here last week, share some insights that you learned about our mandate for submission in the workplace. Any uh, observations, insights, if you were here or you went online and studied, looked at it? Input? Okay. To honor our bosses and yeah. defense. Yep, speech and defense. The way we speak about them when they're in their presence, the way we speak about them when they're not in our presence, right? With other people, and 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 because really that's just coming from heart that um, um, has a perspective, right? And so, very much so. Um, do we tear down? Do we build up? How do we handle ourselves in that space? Um, very much so. So we're gonna um, we're gonna hit on the rest of these. Um, let me just go forward if I could. Um, we're in that whole section in chapter two, verses. So chapter 4, um, about how life really matters. So this is really the applicational component of Peter, and it's a tremendous uh, application component. We're in our second week on this learning objective. I covered it last week, but the learning objective here is that we would learn what biblical submission looks like in our workplaces when we encounter perverse, unreasonable, harsh, cruel, and overbearing managers. Um, so that we, as we navigate these daunting situations, we submit in such a way that God is pleased and gets the glory. God is pleased and gets the glory. So, <clears throat> I heard in, uh, in some of the conversations that took place that there are um, ways to address these kinds of things, maybe with uh, managers sometimes. Um, sometimes certain work environments are, are, are better at that than others. Um, the challenge with that, right, is um, that may be just because of the way they are from their character, right? It also could just be because you're a believer in Christ, and then somehow they've like targeted you. It's quite fascinating. Um, I don't know about you, but what I found is that going to somebody else, HR, whomever it is, might be the situation. It, it rarely goes well. <laughs> it rarely goes well, and you know what? It probably actually sets the situation up to be a more challenging situation. To now, I get if they're actually, you know doing something that, you know, is inappropriate or whatever, um, you've got to stop that. But, I mean, in some of this stuff, it's, if it's their character and that kind of thing, it's just, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a hard situation. It just is. And uh, um, so we'll talk more about that. But these daunting situations in such a way that glorifies God and, and he, gets, he gets the glory and he's pleased. Couple, a couple slides just really quickly to talk through what we covered last week. This is the first part of the, the verses. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but those who also are unreasonable. Okay? And so when we looked at this last week, what we saw 
um, is we, we, we did a, a study of uh, David with uh, Saul. And if you remember David with Saul, um, there were some pretty amazing situations that he got set up with a very unreasonable boss. <laughs> okay, um, and, and one that wanted to try to pin him to the wall, right? Um, and then he pursued him, like you know. And so, um, what we looked at was some. What, what are some of the challenges um, that that occurred, and some of the characteristics that happened? But let me call your attention to the guiding principles on the right, because I think that gives us kind of a bridge to our own personal lives today. And what we looked at here was never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Bless those who persecute you. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, not men, if possible. So much as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God. Let God's wrath work out his own purposes. The Lord will repay. He, he makes a promise to that end. Uh, regard your masters as worthy of all honor, so, they are, so, they, so our God and our doctrine will not be spoken ill of. I love that verse. Be submissive, be submissive by choice in everything. Well-pleasing, not argumentative, to, not, not argumentative, stealing, um, but adorn the gospel in every respect. Adorn the gospel in every respect. That, that concept of adorn is like, you know, when you put lights on a Christmas tree, you know, make it look really beautiful, you know, so it, so it calls attention to it. That's the idea of adorn um, uh, in this. Um, and then a couple of just quick slides. Um, servants. This word servants is a different word than us as employee, employees necessarily, okay? Um, and I'm going to give you a context of that as we get into our text today so that you can go like, Wow. I mean, if they can do it, I can do it. Okay? Um, for sure. And then be submissive. This is the idea of a, of a military command. It's, it's, it's to come underneath. It's to not go out from under. It's to stay within. Um, and it's to do it as an act of the will. That's, that's what be submissive means. Um, and he says to your masters, and this word masters is, is the word we actually get despots from. Despots from. <laughs> so, so set the context. Okay? Absolute ownership, uh, with all respect. That means without bitterness and, and negativity, and to do it in gracious honor, uh, as unto the Lord. Um, and we also said to, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. This word unreasonable, I mean, anybody can do it to, who's, to people, to master, uh, uh, managers, uh, super, superiors or who, are, who are good and gentle. I mean, that's easy. But he says, but also to those who are unreasonable. And the unreasonable word is, is the word we get scoliosis from. And it's the idea of a crooked spine. And so it's the idea of masters who are absolutely crooked and um, perverse and, and curved and dishonest. So this is not the kind of man- manager it's easy to do that with. Um, okay, so let's move to today's um, verses. Um, Cheryl, would you read those out loud for us? For this finds favor, if for lack of conscience toward God, a man bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. What credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, favor with God. You have been called for this purpose. Great. Thank you. So, the, so um, I've broken this into these two sections, our mandate last week and our motive this week. So our first uh, uh, fill in the blank there is our motive for submission. Our motive for submission. <clears throat> On an introduction perspective, I want to just build this up for a second. Um, let me read this this set of verses or set of uh, work, uh, comments um, about the context that we're talking about, as opposed to us today. Undoubtedly, many recipients of this epistle 
uh, letter uh, endured painful and unjust beatings as slaves. Their masters had might have deprived them of food, forced them to work unreasonably long hours, or punished them unfairly in a variety of ways. Unlike modern-day employees in Western industrialized countries, those slaves had no one to turn to to redress grievances, no union representatives, no government boards to settle disputes, and no way to file civil lawsuits. They just had to endure whatever painful and difficult circumstances their masters imposed on them. They did so much to the glory and honor of God, which evidenced their heavenly perspective. And I thought this, this was a great quote by theologian A.W. Pink. He says, as one, as one sees the apparent defeat of the right, and of the right, not the, not the political right, okay, but of, the, of the, those who are in the right, okay, and the triumphing, triumphing of might and the wrong, it seems as though Satan were getting the better of the conflict. <clears throat> but I love this. <clears throat> but as one looks above instead of around, there is plainly visible to the eye of faith a throne. And there is our confidence that God is on the throne. Amen. Amen. It's amazing what perspective can do in our lives, isn't it? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So a godly life, uh, living a godly life is the single most attract, striking and effective foundation. I'd call it stunning uh, foundation for making the gospel winsome, attractive, and believable. And when you come to grips with that, um, what you do is you come to grips with that. My, my life really matters. I mean, it really, really matters. Let's turn to Matthew 5, verse 16. Matthew 5, verse 16. 15 and 16. Matthew 5, 15 and 16. Somebody want to read that out loud? Yeah. Nor does anyone give light to all those. Let your light shine before works and glorify your So what's the purpose of, of, of uh, the metaphor here? Um, uh, from a light perspective, talk me through what is this? What is he trying to say? Okay. To illuminate, yeah, to illuminate what's around, right? And to and to and to do it, he says, in such a way that it glorifies God who is in heaven. That it does it in such a way that God is glorified. And and so, if our fundamental purpose is not to light the light to make the darkness around us light, but if it's to glorify God then the light actually becomes brighter in, 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 the, in its reach around us. I would suggest that's a really subtle comment I just made, but it all comes back to motivation. You know, why am I doing what am I doing? Am I doing it for the glory of God, and therefore God, God's actual you know, light that's being cast as a result of the, my decisions, my actions, the way I conduct myself... It, if I'm doing it for God's glory versus to be seen or to do it differently or to somehow stand out, then, then I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. And, and my light won't shine as brightly as, as, as brightly as it will for the glory of God when it's for the glory of God. Huge, really important issue. But that, a single, uh, a living, living a God life in, in the midst of a dark background is, is just, it's just a, one of the most stunning things that you'll see. And we're going to read a couple of verses a little bit later that gives you a perspective of that also. The second bullet point, I, I just, this one for me, just like, after I wrote it down, it was like so powerful for me because it helped me understand a couple of things in just my own personal life. Our outward testimony is always forged on the anvil of the decisions of my heart to please God 
more than I want to please myself. Let me say it again. The outward testimony of my life is always forged on the anvil of the decisions of my heart to please God more than myself. Please God more than myself. Um, when I choose to want to please Him, then it's amazing how He, how the things, my decisions are going to be very different and very, very, very different um, in my life, especially in, in the workplace. Um, Peter's readers needed motivation to persevere in evangelism and be a testimony in the midst of a stressful and difficult trials and persecutions they were encountering in their workplace. They needed to work with a view of the glory of God. So this is what I wanted to talk about here. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Philippians 2, 14 through 16. Think about this as a context for the workplace for a second. Anybody? All things with children of God without lights in the world. Great. Do some things without complaining and arguing. <laughs> no, it's all things. All things without complaining and arguing. That's a pretty tall order. All things. And he says, when we do this, we will demonstrate or prove ourselves um, to be uh, without reproach, unblemished, blameless, um, innocent children of God. So his point is like when we do this, there's, there's not something that, that the non-believers around us can throw at us and stick on us. It, it doesn't stick. It's te- we'll have like Teflon coat, right? It just falls off. Because they, there's nothing to, to, to lock onto. Because they watch. They're watching. They're, they're paying attention to what we say and how we say it. Um, and he says that um, uh, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, that, that to me just like gives me this like black background of, a, of, of the universe. You know, it's like this black background of, of no stars, no light. And yet he says, among whom you, when you do this, will appear as... Um, lights uh, as lights in the world um, you, you know you'll be cast against this um, utterly dark and bleak background as and you'll be held forward and shown for the light that uh, is a reflected light from God's glory what an amazing thing I mean just a thing to remind myself all the time that I represent Christ and my words matter and that um, the way in which I conduct myself either um, builds God's glory um, and, or, or it tears it down. And I'd have to say that lots of times I find myself you know, tearing down God's glory in the midst of the workplace. And that's just something that I've, I'm working very hard at. Um, I've had some very challenging situations, and yet um, I've had to go back and apologize sometimes. So. But this, this passage has helped me significantly to this end, especially that second bullet point. This signs favor. So, so back to our first question here. What is uh, our second question? Why should we apply biblical submission in the workplace? Then, do you think, in order to be a light in our workplace? Um, point number one. What's point number two? Whenever you see the word "for," it's a purpose or a why statement in, in the scriptures. Like that, there would be an attack the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So we adorn the gospel. As a result of it, what else? It's 
for for this finds favor. This finds favor in whose eyes? Okay, in God's eyes. And also before men, yeah, the conscience is before men, right? So it finds favor. So another reason is that is for God is to please God, please God. And I'd suggest the last one is that um, when we do that, God gets the glory; He's glorified. So huge motivations for us to submit at work. Um, God is pleased when we do our work in a humble and submissive way for our uh, before our superiors. God is pleased when we do <clears throat> our work in a humble and submissive way. I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 9 it says that you know we have as our ambition to please God in all things. That's our fundamental ambition he says of our heart, of our of our of our lives is to please God. <clears throat> when we don't retaliate when we don't retaliate against unkind and unjust supervisors or managers God is pleased. God is pleased. Um, you all know James 1 verses 2 through 4 um, so don't, you don't have to turn there, but he says, just consider it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into or encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. I suggest that is like right there. <laughs> right there in my life as far as my work situation goes. So when this happens... How, how am I viewing that trial, that situation, that challenge um, in my life? Um, how I view it will be how I respond to it. That's just the way it is. And, and our hope is that we would choose before we go into these situations how to respond correctly according to the scriptures. Um, and, and therefore, we're not having to you know, wake up and find ourselves in the middle of it and then try to determine how, how I really mess things up first and then how i got to go back and fix them. You know, it's about, like, how do I do it right the first time? Um, so he says, if for the sake of, of, of conscience towards God, this speaks of just a general awareness of God's presence, uh, which fuels our main motivation for submission at work. General awareness of God's presence. <clears throat> I find in my life that my, my, my propensity to sin no matter what it is, is directly re- proportional to my um, uh, uh, experiential sensing that God is present, that He is with me, that He's in me, that He is alive, that He is there. Um, that is directly has a direct proportion to how I make decisions towards pleasing Him. Um, a man bears up under. So this is the same concept that we talked about earlier. Think I, my, my, the metaphor for this for me personally is that I think of an umbrella. An umbrella, and I'm underneath that umbrella. And underneath that umbrella is like what, what's happening in the trial, what's happening in the situation. And, it, and that umbrella <clears throat> calls me to either like run out from underneath the umbrella or, or to stay underneath the umbrella. And the umbrella really is, um, in my metaphor, the way I think about it, is, is the, the sovereign hand of God over my life. And, and that sovereign hand of God over my life has the context of this situation now. And, and, and I'm in that right now. And so my question then is, would I want to run out from underneath the sovereign hand of God in my life and, and run out from underneath that, that, that situation, that, that challenging boss, that challenging component. I mean, yeah, my heart says I want to, right? But, but when I come back to the context, the context is that 
that this is what God has me here for. And so it, it's so easy, and, and I could just name off a bazillion situations, that whether it's other counseling situations or my own heart, where I'm living right now, that I would far rather try to say, okay, I just don't want to deal with that. You know, I will go here, but, but yet God calls me underneath the umbrella. Stay underneath. Stay underneath the umbrella of God's sovereign hand in our life. And, 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 and endure Bear up underneath. Don't want to jump out from underneath that. In my own mind, that's how I view it. Maybe I'm silly, but that's <laughs> that's that's how I I, I think about it. Um, so, using, yeah. In your context of the umbrella, I think God calls us to stay under the umbrella and work to magnify our life. Oh. If we stay within ourselves, magnifying our life, then we let God show the distinction between the light and the dark. Amen. It's not for us to come out demonstrate that distinction. <laughs> adulterate our, yeah. our light. Yeah. It's for us to stay under the umbrella and let God show the difference between the light and the dark. Amen. And he and, and that's really at the end of the day his job, right? I mean so many times we take on his job in so many ways. Um, also good good point. Sor- uh, sorrows when suffering unjustly. Sorrows here ties to um, the concept of physical or mental pain. Physical or mental pain in our life. Um, when I think about uh, suffering unjustly, God wants us not to falter in our witness, but humbly and patiently accept unjust treatment. God does not want us to uh, falter in our witness, but humbly and patiently accept unjust treatment. He talks about um, how can we do this, um, um, back to this concept of remembering a couple things. First of all, God has sovereign control over every circumstance in our lives and submitting to his good will. God has, um, God has sovereign control over every circumstance. After this one, if you want to put in parenthesis or over to the left there, I'm going to give you a bunch of R words, okay? First one here, I love it. He reigns. I love that word. He reigns. God is on the throne. And He reigns. Yeah, Psalm 97. He's like, um, you know, He reigns. <laughs> I love it. It's the, just the best. It like, puts me back into the context. Okay, The context is the sovereign God, the Lord of the universe, reigns now. Um, period. That's the way it is. Um, so He reigns. Second one here is God is pleased and promises to bless us. God is pleased <coughs> and promises to bless us. So, um, three, three R's here. Uh, God, the first one was God reigns, right? So this one has three next to it. First of all, He reviews everything, He remembers everything, and He rewards everything. He reviews everything, He remembers everything, and He rewards everything. That's our God. The great news is I can, I can trust that. I can, I, can, I, can, I can do it for His glory, and, and nobody else has to see it. And... And he remembers. He sees it. He reads my heart. He knows why I did what I did. Um, and he will. He promises he will reward us. This last one is really, really a good one too for me. Is like this too will pass. This too will pass because we have a living hope. This too will pass because we have a living hope. The fact that we have a living hope says to me the the R for this one is that he redeems it. He redeems everything. What an amazing God. That God can take the most challenging situation, give me light at the end of the tunnel, 
hang on, hang on, the, hang on that, the living hope I have. And, and that living hope literally is that no matter what I go through, no matter what happens, God has promised that he will work all things together for good to those who love God. And that he will redeem this life and my decisions in, that, in the midst of that. What a, what a glorious God. What an amazing situation. Um, <clears throat> let's take a look at Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Would somebody read, um, for context, because of what's going on here, can you just read verse 3 also? 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. It's always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as the only fitting heart in the love of each one of you. For we ourselves speak proudly of you among the God for your perseverance of all your persecution, the plain indication of God's righteous judgment, so that God, for which Wow, this, this thing's just pregnant, okay, but um, help me understand it. He says in verse 5, what's the situation? For, verse, end of verse 4, what's, what's going on here? Okay, suffering, persecution, afflictions. He says all yours. So it seems to be like there's a, a bazillion of it. It's just like on steroids somehow. And that's, that's what's happening. And according to this, what's, why is it happening according to verse 5? God's righteous judgment. Okay. So somehow God is actually a judgment, discipline, whatever the case may be. God's actually using some, this to, to accomplish two purposes. One is to refine them. And two is have them be a, a testimony in the in the world that they're in. It's a fa- fascinating thing that's going on here. But, but 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 don't for a second miss how when we handle bit persecution and 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 testing and trials in a way that honors God. Um, look at what happens in verse three. He says that the outcome is that their faith is greatly enlarged. And that the love of each one of you toward one another grows even greater. Wow. He says that because we've locked arms as a body and gone through it together and ministered to one another in the midst of and, 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 and all of that, like our love, which last time I looked is the most important thing that God's trying to develop in each one of us, right? Comes alive. And number two... He says that our love, excuse um, me, uh, our love comes alive towards one another and grows even greater and greater, and our faith is strengthened. Our faith is made made strong in the midst of. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. That's what I want in my life. You know, I do. And so, this is where things are going in our world, if it's not there already. This is what's happening. And so to remember these five things, I, th- I, th- I think, are really important. God reigns. <laughs> he reviews everything. He remembers. He rewards. And last but not least, He redeems it all. All for His glory. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing to remember. Well, let's look at what credit is there if you sin it harshly and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience. Peter's whole point here is that, the, hello, there's no credit. <laughs> There's no credit to do this, okay? Um, believers who sin in these kind of situations, his point is actually deserve the outcome of their decisions. They deserve it. And so he, what, how God works with that, he actually allows us to experience 
the outcomes of our decisions. You know, it was us who did sin. It was us who did wrong, and therefore um, deserve the outcome of those decisions we make. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, he says this finds favor with God. So our promise is that when we do what is right and still suffer patiently at work, he promises that we find grace or favor with God. We may end up be, we may be harshly treated even due to being our Christian convictions, even due to our Christian convictions. We may be harshly treated. Um, and uh, my, my question here is, is, is there a difference between, um, back to our question at the beginning, right? Is there a difference between um, our response to a dishonest, crooked, perverse, unreasonable, harsh, cruel, overbearing manager versus a manager who seems to have it out for us because we're believers in Christ? What do you think? Is there a difference between those? I said in most situations. Okay. I would only make the, I guess I'll just over the intervention. Okay. That was what my question was. I, I mean, I clearly pick on in my head. One is affects me personally, and it is just the way it is, and I do need to navigate it God's glory. But one was a, a manager on the floor who was verbally, it wasn't just harsh, that wasn't what Abusive, it was. Abusive. Uh, sexual Oh, sexual. Yeah. That constantly happened on the floor. Um, I, I could get up and walk away from it. I, You know, it wasn't like, I, or, you know, and he was confronted on it. And finally, there was a young lady. I was sitting next to her on a computer. He came up to her to talk to her about something. And it, it was just like a verbal onslaught of, I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, and I just, I turned and looked at him. And she said, oh, this is going to happen. I'm like, I, I, that was the scenario I did, we did as a, not as a group. We did, she and I, we went, and he was, had been reported before. Sure, He's no longer it wouldn't have been a, would have been a first time. Stop. Yeah. And I felt like, I was the older woman, she was a young nurse, sweet as could be, and she just was like cringing, because on the floor again, I'm like, I, 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 I felt like that was an appropriate time mm-hmm. to use that which is in, you in, know, in have, place, you know, yeah. in place to go, when it's personal, I need to deal with it. I mean, I would have dealt with him too if he was... Coming at me personally, I would have probably started with him, but but she was just distraught, and I'm like, this young not need to have to put yeah. up with those kind of yeah. windows. I mean, it was very verbal. It was like I couldn't believe what he said, and um, I was and uh, I had heard it before. There was a lot of chatter on the floors about it, and I just said appropriately not to talk on the right, floor. Right, right, right. So I don't know. I, I mean. It wasn't. I wasn't even involved. <laughs> yeah. It was just like it wasn't affecting me. But you were you, you, still, yeah. You were um, you, you were pursuing righteousness. You were pursuing right yeah. things. Yeah. Had, this poor young lady. There was no reason for that to put up with that. Yeah. Like, and he had been reported. It was sure. Like, it it's not the first done, time. It isn't there anymore. Yeah. So it was a it was a good thing. I mean, I feel bad that he's in that position, but I felt like I was protecting the the young girls that were dealt with in a way that they shouldn't have been. And you did the right thing because you have that, that opening yeah. to do it with the work you have. And it, so. was, it was like to stop the, yeah. I mean, it was like when he came to the fight, this, I mean, can you imagine, so, so so pause there for a second, right? And now now trans, trans, transfer yourself over to like how that must have, how you would have had to navigate it in, in the context that we're talking about here right. because there was no recourse. There's no uh, right. anything, right? So... That's a really challenging question, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 John had a similar situation. She's 
still wasn't yeah. really first came out. It, the way he approached it, though, and uh, it turned out on and about other people, they were able to shake things up. Yeah. And John, as being the cause of the issues he was having, John had only been speaking positively to other people, but HR said, oh, that John is your best friend here, Christ, to protect you. Mm -hmm. He says, because he sees that you're off to do something that's... And, and the guy settled down, got went to the doctor, got his medication. It's very difficult, because John particularly is over your supervisor's, yeah. you know, advice. And, 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 but he just felt so pressed that that was the right thing. There are, but I think that's, that's a rare thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that most of the time most we the time. need to... That piece of picky. Yep. Yeah. God. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. Especially when you prefer personal. Yeah. It's me personally. Yeah. But I felt like this was not, it wasn't even me personally. I just like, really, that was, I was just could, wondering how to navigate that. Could there have been a different me. response at all? Let's just say Connie's situation as an example. Is there any other possible ways of approaching that particular situation? I got already confronted before, correct? Yeah. We, we, I mean, I... We had been a part of asking him to just, yeah. I mean, it was, he just laughed it off. Yeah. And, you know, in a way, way isn't it a kindness to him? Sure. So, you know? Yeah. And if, if he, yeah. it may, in some situation, is, yeah. but how to do that? Well, know, sometimes, I mean, I just appreciate what Connie, she had a shepherd's heart. She also, you know, wanted the larger context resolved. I think that's a really good, good approach, so. And John had felt like he had exhausted this, yeah. too. Yeah. You talk to the guy. Basically, what they involved it was they actually had the, the boss didn't like dealing with the issues, and she dumped all gave all the responsibility, but no power to John. And John, the guy was viewing John as being the fault. That she had to sit down and say, no plan to get rid of John. She, he was sure she was going to fire him, and John was going to be the fault for it. She sat down and had to say to her, make her sit down and say, you're not going to get yourself fired unless you keep threatening people physically here. Yeah. We like your work. John is only saying good things, but you know there would have been yeah. because the, the guy. I think. Yeah, I think you know my only thought you know just even as extension you might have already done this too you know with that situation too connie is and it's really you, you kind of you, you know not sure you know situation at all but I, you know maybe whether maybe not with her maybe just directly with him you know go meet with him and just say look you know i'm going to give you one more warning okay i hear this one more time i'm going you know to to to, to hr this is unacceptable in the mark in in in, the, in this context here and and you will not do any more period, and just deal with it that way. You know, that, that gives them clear warning. It won't happen again. If I even hear of it, it will happen again. But that, that, that then, you know, serves him really clear warning directly, personally, you know, also. Not sure that that makes sense or not, or it, I don't it know. It does. Yeah. It does make sense. You know, I just I'm trying to navigate yeah, my yeah. brain yeah, yeah. the best scenario, and I agree with you, especially if it's a personal yeah. upfront. No, I just I felt like it had been dealt with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of you you had you had heard of it before, so and that's a little different like situation. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. just felt like you know. But you're but this is a good point because right. like in these kind of situations, okay, these people this is part of their character. Okay, right. this happens to be a sexual situation, you know, where innuendos. But the, this is their character. If it's coming, if if it's happening to you, it's doing it to other people too. Okay, so it's just it's just the way they are, and, and it's just going to manifest itself again and again and again until it's dealt with. And so that's that's an important component as you think about just how to how to navigate these things. So um, God is always pleased when we faithfully accept and deal with adversity. He's always pleased when we faithfully and accept um, uh, and deal with adversity. Um, in our life, uh, when we think about um, 
Let me turn to uh, chapter 3, verse 14. He says, But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation. And do not be troubled. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 14 says, um, If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. I don't know if you have a sense for what that means at the end. The spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. I think it's really important. Just like First Thessalonians chapter three verse three is the idea of you know God's peace and His comfort. And you know, like we think about you know the the peace that passes all understanding. You know, He's with you and He's He's in you and He gives you that peace there. Um, verse sixteen there he says, and if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed, but in that name. The name of Christ, let him glorify God. Um, and by the way, interesting enough, he says, suffers as a Christian. The word Christian itself just means little Christs. <laughs> that's what it means. So that's really kind of a play on, on the words there a little bit. Um, James 1.12, um, I'll just read it for you. Um, he says the following, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for when he has been approved, um, the word approved is the idea of when he's come through it, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to all those who love him. Perseveres, endures, stay underneath, stay under the umbrella, hang tough, all of the pieces there. Uh, For you have been called. The calling here um, is an interesting, it's it's the calling to to become a believer in Christ. It's it's a calling to become a a believer in Christ. That you've been called um, to be rescued by him for salvation. For you've been called. This calling is a transfer of darkness to light. It's a trans. It, 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 we, we all of a sudden, in one fell swoop, in a moment's notice, we actually put a bullseye on our back, and, the, and we become a target for the adversary. And um, he would like nothing better than to make our testimony um, neutralized in the in all of our life, but specifically in this place. Because what's fascinating is, is most of the time people have seen the way we were before we were a believer. Now they now we say we're a believer, and, and yet they don't see the things that um, you know they would expect, or you know, of a person who maybe names the name of Christ in that situation. So he says, "You've been called what for this purpose? Our very purpose is to please God. That purpose has this bullseye on it." Um, turn with me to Second uh, Timothy chapter three, verse twelve. Second Timothy chapter three, verse twelve. Somebody read that out loud. Second Timothy three verse twelve. So let's just let this simmer for a second. Uh, last time I looked, I, I, I did a, a check in the Greek on this verse. Okay, and and you know what the word all means? All. All. <laughs> Everyone. All. <laughs> So, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. The word persecuted actually means pursued. Pursued. We'll be pursued in our life. Why do you think that is? Why is that? Okay. That's what it brings in our lives? Okay. Huh? Yeah. Yes. I think that's a huge point, you know, um, that we we uh, sometimes lose sight of. And, I, and that's that 
I call it, you know, when, when you're in warfare, it's called situational awareness is the language that they use for this. It's situational awareness means that you not only know where you're at, but you also understand where the enemy's at. And you also understand where your, where your um, support structure is. And so it's, it's a three-dimensional context of, of what's happening. And so many times we live in this two-dimensional context as opposed to bringing this larger picture up so we can get a sense of what it, what what everything is that's happening. So so it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. You know, I I I think for so long in my life I thought because you know I was a believer in Christ. You know, somehow you know I I, I was just surprised when I got into trials and tri- <laughs> tribulations. I was like surprised, like like really, you know. I, me? What happened? You know, and then you're know, coming to grips with this verse here. Just really helped me understand that. You know, my first thought, my first thing to remember is that why wouldn't it be that way? And and I'd be surprised when it's not. And so therefore, I have a whole different mindset about putting on the on on the armor and and how to think rightly about about the context of the situation that's going on. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and they, he says, if they hated me, they'll hate you. And so we, we don't like that. You know? But it's true, very true, very good, good and point, I think Lisa. we don't always hear that. Yeah. And if we do, we yeah. have, and I've talked to so many Christians, yeah. you know, yes. past the point of realizing it is a, that yeah. it, should, it should be probably going to be the unusual situation yep. experiencing some of that. Yeah, when, when, when Michael took the, you know, I, I sat down with Michael and, and uh, Kyle early on, and... Uh, you know, I just told him one thing. I said, "Be surprised when you encounter various trials." <laughs> yeah, testing of your faith produces. In- no, I, my point was, look, in leadership, you don't expect it. You don't expect it; it's coming, because we have an adversary who puts a target on leadership. If you don't expect it, and you're not, then you're not ready for it. So, be ready, always aware, from within and without. This is coming. As believers, we are destined to suffer. We are also destined to suffer unjustly. As believers, we are destined to suffer. We are also destined to suffer unjustly. But here's the here, here's our challenge. We are required to respond biblically to unjust suffering. We are required to respond biblically to unjust suffering. That's just it. That's it. Um... What does it mean to respond biblically, do you think? Why did I say it that way? I, some might have said, well, just respond rightly. Or, they're all the cries to us to, to do it differently, aren't they? Yeah. I deserve. Yes. You know? Yeah. That's kind of the mindset. Workplace um, rights, right? <laughs> Very much so. But when we think about responding biblically, then I have to think about, like, do I know the scriptures well enough to be able to know how to respond biblically? That's why I say it that way. Because that's the key thing here. It's like, do I really have, have do, I, do I know the word of God and am I allowing it to dwell richly in, in, in my mind uh, throughout the day in and day out? Yep. Um, where the rubber meets the road. So let me do a wrap here. Wrap up. Where the rubber meets the road for us as believers. I am sovereignly ordained and have been appointed by the Most High God to suffer and be hard, treat, treated harshly at work. Just, that's it. That's it. I, period. 
Um, I just I love this language of the Most High God because for me it gives me the sense of His His over re, o, o, His overreaching you know hand in, in, in all of all of what happens. Um, this might materialize because of the sinful actions of my superiors, or it might just occur because I happen to be a believer in Christ. Either way, um, one, or the, one way or the other, it, it, it's going to happen. In response to this, God asked me to submit to them in a biblical and respectful way as unto the Lord. A biblical and respectful way as unto the Lord. As a result, my supernatural responses will become a testimony that my manager and my associates actually see. Actually get put on display. Actually watch happen before their very eyes. And yeah, and in that process of doing that, I'm actually putting the joy of... Uh, I'm actually putting the glory of God on display for all to see. In the process of doing that, I'm actually putting the glory of God on display for all to see. Let me, let me read one more section here. Um, the MacArthur shared, I thought it was really good. He says, in closing, it is more important to God that those who are citizens of heaven, back to your point, Lisa, citizens of heaven display a faithful testimony marked by spiritual integrity than than that they strive to attain all their perceived rights in this world. It is more important to God for believers to uphold the credibility of gospel power than to obtain a raise or a promotion in their vocation. It is ultimately far more important to God that believers demonstrate their submission to His sovereignty in every area of life than that they protest against problems in their workplace. Martin Lloyd-Jones illustrated the value of Christians submitting to God's purpose, the rigor of discipline and trials in everyday life as follows. We are like, school, we are like the schoolboy who would like to evade certain things and run away from problems and tests. But we thank God that because He has a larger interest in us and knows what is for our good, He puts us through the disciplines of life. He makes us learn the multiplication table. We are made to struggle with the elements of grammar. Many things that are trials to us are essential that one day we may be found I love this, without spot or wrinkle. Whenever believers encounter trials on the job, they ought to view them as opportunities for spiritual growth and evangelism. The chief reason God allows believers to remain in this this world is so He might use them to win the lost for that world and bring glory to His name. Those who suffer with the right attitude will be blessed in this life and they will be honored in the latter, in the presence of of, of the Lord God. Amen. Demar, would you close us in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for the lessons of this morning. Uh, it's easy to hear this, receive it. We know it to be tr- so easy to forget it when we're in the middle of it. Just really sense your presence. Uh, remember these things, Lord. Uh, sense your presence, just behave. A uh, suffering is temporary. Mm-hmm. Amen. Have a great day. You know, uh, well, this is sort of...